Get Involved Referee is brought to you by Pressbox PR. Pressbox PR puts your brand on the map. From a chat over a pint to the headline of a website, Pressbox PR takes your brand and gives it the recognition that it deserves. With a proven track record with multiple clients, you'll be able to see your press go beyond the box with Pressbox PR. Check out pressboxpr.co.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Des Roach and myself, Lindsay Heron. Coming up on the show, we'll look back at the performances of our referees so far this season. And they've got a hectic schedule of games coming up too with uh, about nine league matches to squeeze in between now and the World Cup. Um, we'll also discuss professional fouls, as we call them, or cynical challenges. And we'll take a look back at the uh, infamous referee strike back in 2010, which, uh, Steve, I know you were he- heavily involved in. But let's kick off then, if you don't mind, on the cynical challenge, taking the man out, taking one for the team. The reason, again, I bring it up is it happened again for Scotland on uh, last Wednesday night in the Ukraine game. Shea Adams just brutally taken out of the play um, and has the man who conducted the foul or the the tackle, if you want to call it that, only got a yellow card. Uh, yep, then there's there's been a few, certainly in the past few weeks that uh, we've we've discussed here. And the the one on Wednesday, and you know, sad, the outcomes of some of them, we've, we've sent them off, we've booked them, things have been overturned and changed. So we don't, maybe don't know exactly where we are. The one on we, uh, Wednesday last week, I was happy with a yellow card for the, the foul, but perfectly happy to accept that other people think it was a, a red instead for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity I didn't think so but yeah we were having discussions is it maybe something that you have an individual or a separate sanction for because that one the Goldson one on Maeda the Lundstrom one even though that that was overturned these tackles are made with absolutely no, again tackles as, as you said <laughs> these challenges are made with absolutely no intention of playing the ball the uh-huh. sole intention is to bring down the man and I can't remember how the, the managers say it if it's you know breaking up a transition phase you know blah blah the, the sole intention of that is to prevent a goal scoring opportunity whether it's clear at, at that point mm-hmm. the sole intention is to make sure that the, the attacking team doesn't get a chance to, to score a goal did we come up with a separate sanction? that's certainly uh, worth talking about and if we did then all the ones we've discussed in the past few weeks would be red cards yep Des? I agree entirely. We spoke privately there. There is no intention to play the ball. Mm-hmm. There is no intention to win the ball and, and play for your own team. The only intention is you're not going to go any further. So it's that one between the, the yellow and the red and orange card. I don't like it. I know exactly what the defender's done. He's played within the laws of the game and he is that that were taking one for the team, professional foul, however you want to call it. For me, I think there could be and should be a separate sanction for that. You are not allowing that person to go any further and you're deliberately taking them out of play. So for me, it's a yellow card, but for me, I think there could be a, what would you call it, a bracket and go, well, what's your opportunity to play the ball? What's your intention to play the ball? Mm -hmm. Your intention is you're not going to go any further. Stop. So I think you could you you could have a separate sanction, and for me, it's it's cynical. It really is, and it doesn't matter if you're pulling a jersey or whether you're kicking them in the ankles or tripping them up. It's the same offence, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and as we've said, it's 
the sole intention is to prevent a goal scoring opportunity. Particular moment in time where the, the, the challenge happens and the ones we've discussed, they've not been clear and obvious goal scoring opportunities, but that's because they've done it before it becomes a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's, I mean, these guys, FIFA, IFAB, they're the ones that make the rules. It's their ball. So they, they can do what they want. So if they want to create a separate offence that becomes a red card, it's in their gift to do it. And would, aye, it, it would make sense. Would you not take out the word obvious? You've denied a goal scoring opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, an obvious opportunity is like, a player against a goalkeeper or a 1v1 situation so take out the word obvious you've denied a clear goal scoring opportunity I, I, again thinking back in some of the challenges uh, at the points where they've been made it's not been a clear at that point it's not mm -hmm. been a clear opportunity but that's because they've intervened before the players have had a chance to make it a clear yeah to take, to take so, that I, away so they, they're, they're wording and my god they, they make a career out of uh, <laughs> debating one and two words in the, uh, in the whole book can you imagine you having to read through an app and working out clear and obvious oh opportunity oh it'd be through a window but yeah it's not beyond their capability to come up with a choice of words that says if, if you make a challenge with the sole intention of stopping the opposing team mm -hmm. getting away and scoring yeah. It seems to me it's the only thing left in the game that isn't punishable equitably, if you know what I mean. You know, a player's allowed to just basically take someone else out, have no attempt to play the ball, and, and yet they get away with a yellow. It just yep. seems an archaic rule to me. Yep, I agree completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, me too. I think it's, it, it is, it's, it's baffling. Mm -hmm. Just go and take somebody out of the halfway line, but if you're 30 yards further up the field of play, you're, you're sent off. Mm -hmm. Even in the, in the Ireland Scotland Ireland game as well, there was an incident where Ireland are on the counter attack following a Scotland uh, attack. And it's two against one, and I think it was either Ryan Christie or Callum McGregor. I'm not quite sure. Was trying to take out Albafami who was running through, but missed him. And then it was a two v one. So if he caught him there, it was a similar one, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. That's Scotland. No, that's, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely fine. All these rules depend on what way you're shooting. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's not not just happening to uh, other people. It happens to us as well. Um, but then the the rule is if you or you're, you're cautioned or whatever, if you kick or attempt to kick, punch or attempt to punch. So if you hack or attempt to hack, then it's, a, it's the same bag. So yeah. mm -hmm. I, Well, that's it. I mean, hung for a hen or hung for a goose. Yeah, if you're going to do it, just do it right. We'll send this podcast to FIFA and get them to sort it out, lads. <laughs> Sorry, he'll be dealing with that one. <laughs> uh, so like we say, that it's been quite prevalent, this uh, this type of offence in the first sort of seven weeks of the season. So the refs have you know got to try and manage that situation, which hasn't been easy. How, how would you say the guys have, have been performing so far and who would you say have been the best performers? Outstanding so far has been... Nick Walsh um, by a, a country mile. Very impressed with some of the, the young bucks that are that are coming through. We've had been at variance uh, a couple of times with David Dickinson, but he is certainly showing that he is, is capable. He's one for the future. And even uh, young Matthew that we've been talking about in the past uh, couple of weeks. And fair play to the SFA, they're widening the pool. There's a phrase you don't hear from me very often, fair play <laughs> to them. They are widening the pool and it's up to the, these young guys. If they're given the chance, then they, they have to grasp it. So I think overall, I think things have been fine. We've, we've had a couple mm -hmm. of discussions about maybe not particularly great games, but in the grand scheme of things, I think 
I think we've been doing all right. The one, the one ref that hasn't had a game yet, though, uh, out of all the sort of top uh, group ones, is Andrew Dallas. I haven't seen him yet. Just, just wonder why that was. Nope, I haven't, I haven't seen him. And some of the, uh, I can't remember the official name for the group, the the, the group of the up and comers. Mm-hmm. I've started getting games ahead of Andrew. Presumably, if he's on the list, then he's passed all the fitness requirements uh, leading up to the season. But I haven't certainly haven't heard anything so speaking out of ignorance but the the only assumption would be that he's he's got an injury can't think of anything else yeah no uh, to go back to the the, the previous question yeah. regarding the the young guys coming mm-hmm. through i think it's absolutely refreshing to see different names on different games weekly now i'll go back to steve's days <laughs> there was like you could always expect conroy dallas clark murray thompson you could expect these guys on the top games all the time. Yep. But how do you refresh that? Mm-hmm. So at this moment in time, from looking at it, it is being refreshed. And it's great. Young Matthew McDermott is doing absolutely fantastic. Nick and Kevin and Don are almost the they're your staple. Mm-hmm. But you've got uh, David Dickinson coming through, you've got Craig Napier coming through, mm-hmm. you've got these younger names coming through, which has to happen. It's like a football team. Yeah. You, you, you can't play with 36, 37 year olds all the time you've got to bring through the youth product mm-hmm. so that's great I think David Dickinson I know we spoke last week regarding the, the Hibernian incident mm-hmm. I don't hold him culpable for that at all no absolutely not and I think he will go on I think Matthew will go on and we're just looking for the next surge coming through which is great uh, regarding Andrew Dallas again with Stephen I don't know anything personally mm-hmm. I, I, I got on with Andrew when we, when we worked together I can only assume there's a, I don't know, an injury or something mm-hmm. there, but why would you not have an ex-FIFA referee who's part of the, the top group? Why would you not have an officiating? So there must be something there that's that, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope, hope, everything's, hope everything's okay. No, for sure. And I can't let that go, David Dickinson. Uh, I mean, you guys last week, quite vociferously saying that, you know, Jim Goodwin is not the man who should be in trouble uh, over the post-match comments regarding that Hibs-Aberdeen situation. In fact, it should have been Lee Johnson. But now, lo and behold, the Aberdeen manager's been hauled up on two charges, Steve. Well, that's what we said last week. Yeah, he he came out and was, was factually correct in saying that the referee was conned. I don't think that you can say anything otherwise. And I know we, uh, we were getting lambasted from uh, certain quarters. But the... In my opinion, clearly the Hibs player cheated mm-hmm. and his manager condoned it. And we, we don't hear a word. It's, it's madness. Well, I agree entirely. I don't think we'll be invited for a, a pint down a <laughs> leaf at any point. Um, <laughs> but I just don't understand. Okay, they're bringing Jim Goodwin in mm-hmm. and they're going to obviously speak to him and he'll get, a, he'll get a ban. But that clip that we shared amongst ourselves, the Hibernian manager said, our good play got a player sent off. Yeah. To me, am I wrong? Am I 3,000 miles away? I just think mm-hmm. that's that, that's preposterous. It'll be interesting to see what the SFA say when Jim goes down for his trial mm-hmm. uh, in front of them. I mean, will they show the incident and will Jim say, well, look, <laughs> there it is there. Um, if they do that, then they're on very, very shaky <laughs> ground because I don't if think Jim wants, I'll send them the clip. <laughs> <laughs> or he might have access to it. I'm um, fairly sure he's got a copy. Yeah. Uh, they'll be on very, very shaky territory because what, what did he do wrong? He, he called the incident right and Veritas. quite rightly said <laughs> said the referee was gone. Yeah, well, it's October the 6th. He's he's up in front of them, so we'll see what happens there for Jim. But yeah, no doubt they'll, they'll smack his wrist and ban him from the touchline for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And Lee Johnson just 
carries on. He sails on. Scott yeah. free. Yeah, interesting. Just talking about the refs again. Yeah, obviously hectic schedule coming up. The Premiership back at the weekend, of course. And well, we've got to squeeze in all these matches between now and the twelfth of November when it all shuts down for the World Cup. That we're not going to. <laughs> oh yeah, another one. <laughs> The refs, I mean, the, the, will that be, make it more difficult? Will they have to sort of, uh, you know, decide who gets what game or will they, you know, rest a couple of refs? Like the players are going to have to be arrested, aren't they? Um, yeah, they'll, they'll have to to get, uh, to get through uh, all this. You can't, and, and again, thank thank God they've extended the pool. You couldn't do all these games and have the same four, five, six people mm-hmm. doing all the uh, top and inverted commas games. It, it just isn't practical. Yeah. So uh, exactly as you said, it needs to be a rotation. Everybody needs to be in, involved in it because um, mm-hmm. there's no way around it. If you give the same as players, if you give all the big games to all the same people, somebody's going to get hurt. So it doesn't make any sense. So um, they need to use as many people as they, they possibly can to get through this spell. Okay, then let's go back in time. Let's t- take you back to 2010 and one of the, well, sort of most explosive moments in refereeing history in Scottish football when Steve, you and your colleagues decided enough was enough and you're going to go on strike. You're going to remove your labour. Uh, the ultimate sort of uh, sanction, if you like. Uh, I mean, quite remarkable times. It was. Uh, can you paint the picture, though, for, for people who weren't really around at that time, what, what the real grievances were? It's maybe hard from this distance to get across quite what was happening back then. It, it, was, it was nuts. We were genuinely, genuinely scared for our per- personal safety back then. We were convinced that somebody was going to get hurt at a game, at their work or at home because it was constant, constant criticism. And it wasn't just criticism. Um, oh, Conroy got it wrong again. It was personal, personal insults. It was personal threats a lot of the time. And it was totally, in my opinion, you'll never persuade me otherwise, totally orchestrated from others to deflect from adverse events that were going on elsewhere to get to the extent where people were worried about going to games. And it was it was a, a tough time. It, it, it was horrible. And it was mainly, it wasn't solely, but it was mainly a couple of teams and individuals yeah. and teams that were involved. And it made it very, very difficult, very unpleasant to I think, uh, do your work at that time. I think take away, take away the refereeing side of it. Steve and I are big enough and are going enough and I was only fresh into the pool at that time. The referees can take that, right? Listen, you're getting shouted at by 100 folk, 20 folk, 3,000, 60,000. You can take that. That's the environment that you're brought up in. That's the environment that you work in. But it's when you take it away from football, your wife, your children, your family, your grandmother, they're getting castasized because of their relation to you. That's the wider growth. It's it's not me. It's not Steve. Mm. If we make a bad decision... Living hell, you just mm-hmm. got on with it. Got on with it, yeah. But it's the it's it's the wider people that it affects. And as I say, I was only I was only new into it at that time, but Steve was involved very heavily. You were secretary mm-hmm. at, at that moment in time for the, the referees association that we had. But I could see how it could affect other people. It doesn't affect me. Does it affect my wife? Does it affect my my children? Does it affect Steve's wife, his children? That's the people that that had to be defended, not mm-hmm. particularly just us. No, no. And th- there was genuine, genuine heartfelt fear that something was going to happen either yeah. to us or uh, or the family. And it wasn't helped by the behaviour of uh, certain official uh, or officials from certain teams and certain teams mm-hmm. certainly didn't help. They were condoning it and they were encouraging it. And it was horrible. Yeah. You wouldn't care to share who these certain individuals and teams were? There was a lot back then. Um, 
Neil Lennon certainly wasn't a friend of referees back then. And uh, I know we upset uh, Hibs last week, so we'll upset Hearts this week. Um, and uh, Mad Vlad uh, <laughs> certainly didn't, wasn't helping things. And it, it all costs and it all turns everything that maybe they did wrong was blamed personally and individually on us. Yep. And we were targeted, deliberately targeted uh, at, at that time. I think the, the sort of straw that broke the camel's back was the whole Dougie McDonald incident up at Tannadice, the Dundee United Celtic match, which turned into an absolute fiasco for him personally. Mm-hmm. Just just to recap that for our listeners, obviously there was a penalty awarded in the game uh, and then Dougie McDonald changed his mind and, and decided not to award the penalty, but he kidded on or he alluded to the fact he was consulting with his assistant and when questioned about it by Neil Lennon after the game, he said that it was the assistant who overruled him and asked the assistant to tow the party line and made up this story of Doogie Doogie, it's not a penalty, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Anyway, long story short, he was proven, proven to be a liar, and um, Celtic chased him relentlessly to the extent they eventually quit the game. So it was quite an explosive time at that time, Steve. Well, it, was, it, it was horrible, and unfortunately Doogie didn't help, and he played into the hands of Mr Lennon because the, there we, we just proved that we have got a vendetta against Celtic and everything that they were saying about us was, was correct uh, I, I know for a fact he regrets and some of the conversations and the interviews that he had afterwards just put fuel to the fire um, but uh, I, I know for a fact he bitterly regrets it yeah. um, but so does the, the assistant who was involved in getting broiled into it through no fault of his own Yeah. Um, so it didn't help I don't think that that was the you know that wasn't the, the ultimate cause for, for withdrawing no. uh, our availability it didn't help and it was a spectacularly stupid decision uh, on Dougie's part just talking about the, 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 I think you guys had a meeting to discuss what you were going to do. You got to the point, well, breaking point, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't, I don't think you were anticipating the the unanimity to to actually withdraw your labour, were you? It wasn't unanimous, um, but certainly I, I and as Des said, I was the secretary at that point of the SSFRA. Now we we knew, and it, it got to the stage where we couldn't go on. We, we couldn't keep doing what we were doing. We, we were not willing to put up with what we were putting up with at, at that point. So, and I can't remember where we were. It was one of the regular month, uh, monthly, or I think uh, we were at, quarterly meetings. We were at Southern University, oh, I think. I can't remember, mm. but uh, we we had our meeting at the end of the end of that meeting, and. Being part of the, the committee, we had had discussions on what we do and the steps that we take if things didn't improve. Not a one of us on the committee was anticipating a vote on that Sunday um, to withdraw Labour. Not a one of us. <laughs> Took us all by surprise and that meeting went on for another couple of hours afterwards because we, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and it was, was it Anthony Law who's long since chucked it? He was one of the... The, the voices in the meeting yep. after we had voted it was it was a majority it certainly wasn't unanimous mm-hmm. and it was Anthony that said right we've decided this so what does success look like <laughs> there is we, no we success know. we didn't there, know no there is no success I remember as I said I'd done the Junior Cup final in the in the June this is November so it was only a couple of months in and I remember receiving a phone call on the Sunday night and there was a script read to me saying do you agree with this now I don't want to be wanting about Sainsbury's on a Saturday afternoon, not in, just when I'm being promoted to, to Category 1 and doing games, but am I going to go against my, my colleagues and my, my friends? Absolutely not. But I think it was an absolute watershed moment in football that referees have united and went, we're not having it. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. And looking back, am I proud of it? I'm proud that, that, that they stuck up for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not proud that we, we had to have foreign referees come into our, our country and referee our games. And Steve and I had spoken earlier, there was, was it Portuguese? I think Portuguese Spanish, but, but one refereeing team came in and they, they didn't know the pretenses that they were, mm-hmm. they were coming in for. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they knew the reason that they were coming into this country, mm-hmm. They just turned around and went, no, we're not doing it. And went back again. Put, yep. put his back. <laughs> and you could guarantee, guarantee to a million percent that the referees who'd done the games mm. would never be criticised for that for that day. <laughs> they were the best referees. Listen, they could have missed 100 penalty kicks in red cars. They were never going to be criticised because they were seen to be the ones that were coming to, to fill our void, etc. Mm. But... Um, but no, I, I think it was a very powerful moment for, for Scottish refereeing. And it was sad to get there because certain individuals in certain clubs and certain positions within the, the Scottish FA didn't back their referees. Mm-hmm. It was certainly a, a momentous time, but I think we could and should have done it in a much more controlled fashion. I agree. The chat leading up to it was talking about, and God, in the, in the current climate, you, sh- you shouldn't say it, but the phrase we used was the, the nuclear option. Yeah. We didn't do anything leading up to that point mm-hmm. um, and we the first thing that we did was to press the button it might have come to that eventually anyway but I don't think that we should have jumped straight into the ultimate mm-hmm. alright it kind of died away after a, a couple of weeks and you know touch wood it's never got back to that stage since so maybe it had the desired effect yeah. but I just wish it had been done in a much more controlled and expected fashion like you say it was a bizarre situation with foreign referees being <laughs> flown in from all airts and pairs as they say but like the main countries the referees like you say decided not to do it they were showing solidarity with their scottish colleagues i think it was some chaps from israel and luxembourg came in and they were wanting referees to do two games over a weekend and trying to squeeze them in and they were doing anything the SFA just to try and make sure the games were on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if memory serves, I can't remember his name, was it Mr. Hammer? Hamer? Yeah. Had an absolute howler. <laughs> um, uh, unspeakably yep. bad. And personally, I had a wee smirk at, uh, at that one. <laughs> it was just bizarre. And, and you can't imagine, you sincerely can't, sincerely can't hope that would happen again. You know, you'd wonder, it just seems strange, isn't it, that the referees would, would go on strike. But uh, thankfully, the ramifications were that the sort of threats died down a bit Steve yeah uh, I certainly haven't been and everybody's seen videos of people being uh, threatened and uh, assaulted we've all seen videos like that but it certainly uh, again Touchwood hasn't been anywhere near as, as widespread uh, widespread universal as it was back then so maybe uh, just that couple of weeks was enough for people to pause and take take stock of what uh, what was happening uh, and maybe the, the, the main instigators of it, it, it pulled them up short and, yeah. and they realised what they'd been doing as well Quite remarkable. Could, could you imagine anything like that happening again? No. No. One word. Definitely not. No. no. And do you think the landscape is is better now for referees now? It's not quite as toxic as it was back then. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's it's not been as widespread as as it was back then. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about personal threats and all the rest of it now. And again, we'll, we'll hark back to Mr. Mr. Goodwin, who had great cause to come out and criticise all he said was that uh, the referee had been conned. That isn't the slant that would have been taken 10 years ago. Not a chance. <laughs> I think it's actually quite it's actually quite harsh on Jim Goodwin, the way he's been brought up. I know I know you have to be you have to be thoughtful in what you say and certainly the position that, that he carries, but he didn't say anything wrong. No, that's the whole point. But ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, ten years ago. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, th- I actually think there were some on-field problems as well, Steve. At that time, uh, I remember Maggie Bagera grabbing Callum Murray in a, in a in a Scottish Cup match at Celtic Park, and Nadia Chifchi, I think, grabbed one ref by the throat. Actually, it was, it was very strange, and was sent off at that time. So there was there was a bit of that creeping in. Oh, as well. Absolutely, because if if your uh, if your managers and your bosses are uh, encouraging mm-hmm. punters to be thinking and doing these kind of things, then it's obvious that the employees are going to think, well, if, if he says that this guy's crap, then I'm going to have a go. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it was a very, very unpleasant atmosphere to be working in. And thank God that's that's gone. And I hope to hell it, it never returns, put it that way. Oh, indeed. And pr- presumably the, the introduction of VAR when it finally comes into our game. We're anticipating it in January after the World Cup. But uh, who knows if it's going to be ready or not? We're still I waiting to hear. I think it is going to cause merry hell. I really do. I think it's going to cause merry hell. People will be looking at decisions, dissecting it, getting it right, getting it wrong. It is just going to be an explosion. And we've seen how volatile it can be down in England, mm-hmm. honestly. You guys in the in the print media, you in the, the digital media and Twitter, it is going to explode as soon as VAR comes into Scottish football. That's going to be nuts. And we've seen what's happened in various places, certainly down in England the past few weeks. And I'm going to come out straight away, certainly the ones in England uh, um, that we we discussed. The technology worked perfectly. (laughs) It showed absolutely uh, how incidents had occurred. And I have not one inkling in some of the decisions that were made following the review of, of VAR. We will make mistakes up here. We'll make the same mistakes as are made everywhere else. I hope, and it's hope against hope, that we're allowed to bed into it and allowed to make the same mistakes as people made three years ago and yeah. it's beginning to be ironed out. We're only just coming into it. And I, I, again, I've said it before, they've made they've made us look like country bumpkins mm-hmm. again. We're going to be we're, we're going to be havering and digging about in the, the dark when it's been done years ago yeah. um, in, in other places. And it's should just going not, to make us look stupid. Should they not try it? I mean, also, we're, we're coming, we've spoken about it in the interpretation of the laws and the application of the laws are going to be entirely different. Should it not be that they take those six months and run it behind the scenes and coach and educate and get the referees online with it and how they're going to use it and then start it again? I've said it. That's far too sensible, this. I know, I know. Not many (laughs) folks say that about me. But run it behind the scenes, have dry runs and bring it in in August. Because as we've said long and weary, if you bring it in January the 1st or whatever day they say, it's not the same season. Mm-hmm. It's not the same game. So do you know what? Run it. Don't publicise it. Give the referees their marks. Give them their qualifications, etc. And just go with it. And then next season, you're ready to run. Now, you can do it under 15, under 16, under 14. Whatever games have been trialling. Sorry. That's not Celtic and Rangers. No. That's not Hearts and Hibs. Sure. That's not Premier League where points are worth money, jobs are in line, careers are in line. Go and do it for real. So do it for real behind the curtains for six months. Mm-hmm. Don't go and do it with, I don't know, Bridgeweird Boys Club versus Motherwell Boys Club at under 14s. It's not the same effect. Agreed. So go and do it. Go and do a dry run and get it right. They're not going to do that though, are they? So, But why do they not come out, Steve, and say, right, December the 17th, we're live. Why, why are they delaying it? What's the, what's the, you know, I don't understand. They've, they've not covered themselves in glory about anything to do with it. They've dithered and delayed mm-hmm. uh, at, at all points. I don't know if they've finally agreed finance. I don't know if they've finally agreed the technology. I don't know if they've got people in who are going to be interpreting the uh, the technology, the decisions. don't know. Um, but as always, the, the way they work it is just to shut up, keep everybody in the dark. Yeah. I still, again, we've said it hundreds of times, it makes absolutely no sense to bring this in active uh, halfway through a season. Yeah. Just crazy. 
you just like we said before, you just know there's going to be a massive, massive call. Absolutely, <laughs> the mm-hmm. next derby in Glasgow, yep. don't you? Uh, that, that had it happened before, VAR wouldn't have been spotted or something like yep, that. No, absolutely, it? it's going to make a difference between somebody opening up a six-point lead and somebody getting the getting the game back, uh, the league back to to level pegging. Uh-huh. It's going to be something huge, yep. um, and it's going to be to use your phrase, Des, it's going to be merry hell. The one thing, though, I suppose it would do is protect the referees a bit more in the sense that they're either vindicated or or the, the VAR will help them come to a decision. So perhaps, like we talked earlier about the personal attacks and what have you, which have, you know, are not as prevalent as they were before, but that would sort of desist a little bit as well. Maybe not straight away because we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. So will it make it look even worse that we've had VAR and we still can't get it right. You know, these guys are just bloody idiots. They don't know what they're doing. And if you you look at, you know, the, the, and we know it's going to happen, the, the Celtic Rangers incident that's going to happen and we look at VAR and we get it wrong. The poor guy that does that is going to be hellish. Could you imagine VAR was involved when the Kurt Broadfoot incident with, with Willie and it was behind his back and he's gave a decision. Could you imagine the newspapers and the reaction the next day and went, that's entirely wrong. Alleged penalty at Celtic Park. Yeah, uh, back back in the uh-huh. day. Yeah, but so. referees will make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, will make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's do footballers make mistakes? Of course they do. Mm-hmm. Do referees make mistakes? Of course they do. Well, one thing's for sure: we don't make any mistakes on this show, and we'll be here. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be here to keep you fully informed in the next edition of Get Involved Referee. Thanks for listening. Cheers.